With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It is hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Get an update on the situation with the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant, Brian Windhorst of the Mothership will join us coming up in a little bit. What's this mean for Kyrie Irving's future? And remember, it was only 10 days ago, a little more than 10 days ago, less than two weeks ago, when Kevin Durant said, uh, hey, it's either me or uh, Steve Nash and the GM, Sean Marks. Everything's good now. And the word that you should focus on, and this was used by the uh, Brooklyn Nets in the press release, partnership. Kevin Durant, the Nets, partnership, moving forward. Is that Kevin Durant's word here? Is that the Nets' word here? Partnership. That was interesting. So we'll talk to Brian Winhorst. He'll join us coming up in a little bit. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle DP show. Say good morning to those who are watching on Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Listening on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, and the other great radio affiliates around the country. Well, you did it. I didn't think it was possible, but you bought. You went to the website and you bought candles. We sold out two of the candles. Three of the four candles have been sold out already. And, yes, Velcro wallets. <laughs> That's them flying off the shelves. Yes, and they did yesterday. We just came out with the Velcro wallet, and everybody wants to be a nerd like Pauly. And you can have that sound when you go to the bar and say, I'm going to pick up the drinks. And it's going to sound like, yeah. Women scatter. Yes. Yes. Like the international sound of ballers everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Velcro. Although on the website, Mario misspelled Velcro. It's Velro. But it is a Velcro <laughs> wallet. 
I sent him a note last night. He was so proud. He goes, hey, did you see? Did you see, uh, you know, the, the website? And I go, it's Velcro, not Velro. Uh, some of the orders, I, Malcolm Gladwell bought one. Uh, Bill Gates bought one. Just saying some of the people, big time <laughs> Nerds, oh. once again, That's nerds. Your, your word, not mine. Yes. Uh, Velcro wallets. Possible Velcro is uh, TM. That might be Velcro TM. That's why we misspelled it. Oh, it's Velro. <laughs> yeah. Ruh, no, Ruh. no, it's not Velcro. It's Velro. Rotro. Totally different. It's Velro. All right, you can go to danpatrick.com. We're going to have to replenish our supplies. And I never thought I would say that with candles. By the way, the candles are great. They smell great. I was telling my wife yesterday, she goes, well, what do they smell like? I said, cigar lounge. And she goes, okay. I said, game day. She goes, what's game day smell like? I, I said, hun, if you don't know what game day smells like, where have you been the last 35 years with me? Because I am game day. Every day is game day. And she goes, okay, what else? And I said, uh, we have birch pepper. Birch black pepper uh, is the only one that we have left right now, and it's probably the best smelling. I agree. Yeah. I agree with you on that. So we have that one. We have game day. What's the other one we have, Seton? We haven't sold any of Discharge. We have zero. We have not. Yeah, backyard barbecue. And that smells great as well. Yeah. Uh, we're going to replenish them, and you can go, and uh, if you'd like to pick up a Velcro wallet, DP show Velcro Velro wallet and <laughs> candle. Did we spell candles right? <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it, it has to start with a K, right? <laughs> Who knows with the back room, boys, but uh, you can go to danpatrick.com. This program brought to you by M-Drive, boost and burn, made with clinically tested ingredients that supports weight loss and energy, healthy testosterone, Visit mdrivedan.com. First two weeks of mDrive, $5 free shipping, mdrivedan.com. Play of the day, poll question, stat of the day, all of that coming up. Are the uh, angels for sale? Uh, we'll keep an eye on that story, have an update on that as well. I did see that when the story came out about Artie Moreno, who owns the angels, and said he's looking into maybe putting the team up for sale. I'm going to guess he leaked it. But I think he bought the team $180 million from Disney, now worth a couple billion dollars. But the thing that stood out was I saw where somebody said, hey, uh, here's five possible uh, suitors for Shohei Otani. And I went, well, okay. So I'm going to buy an expensive sports car, and you're going to sell the engine before I get the sports car. Why would I want the Angels... If I don't get Shohei Otani. Exactly. That was the reaction I had. If I'm buying the Angels, the package deal is I get Shohei Otani. I don't know about Mike Trout. Mike Trout did homer coming back from being injured, back off the injured list. But uh, if I start to look at this long term, Shohei Otani is the most unique player in baseball. And plus, he's global. Mike Trout could, you know, headed to the Hall of Fame. I got to get people who are interested. And the first thing I do, if I buy the Angels, well, I'm not going to buy. I change the name. Really? Yes. Okay, you can't call them. And, and look, people in Los Angeles know this. You can't be the Angels, Angels. We're Los, so used to it, though. I know, but Los Angeles, Angels. And you can't be of Anaheim. Go back to being the California Angels. 
Like own the state. Golden State Warriors. Own the state. Hell, the Patriots took part of the, they took the whole Northeast. New England Patriots. But own the state. California Angels. Let's go back to the old days. Jim Fergosi. Nolan Ryan. Although they were traded for each other. Yes, Pauline. The Angels, I'm checking here, it seems like they've had five or six team names in their history. In 61, they were the Los Angeles Angels for four years. In 65, they became the California Angels, and they stayed that until 1996. They were the Anaheim Angels for about eight years. And then they decided to complicate things by being the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which we know translates to the Angels Angels of Anaheim. (laughs) <laughs> then they tried to do a little cleanup in 2016 and became the Los Angeles Angels again, which they were in the early 60s. I know you want to claim L.A., but it's the L.A. Dodgers. Okay? They own it. You know, uh, you're, you don't, you're not going to make a dent there. California Angels, separate yourself a little bit. And if I'm buying, how about maybe a Japanese investor? Could you see a billionaire maybe buying the Angels? Maybe Shohei, and, you know, it's a global sport. Yeah, Paul. Would you keep the Angels part two, or would you change the whole name? You, you're saying go back California California Angels. Angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay with the Angels. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Marv. You were saying that they own uh, Los Angeles. They own Anaheim, too. <laughs> the Dodgers, Be, too. Being out there, yeah. you just saw tons of yeah. Dodgers oh, gear. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's such a powerful brand, and rightfully so. You know, one of the... Two great franchises in baseball history. Yeah, Seton. Just go to Anaheim or go to like Orange County Angels or something. Mm, OCA. No, I don't think so. You down with OCA? No, because it sounds like, you know, a show on the WB. You're getting younger crowd. The Orange County Angels. Yeah, it's Orange County. Yeah, and it's a bunch of high school girls who are are not angels. California. Was it? That song? California. Here we come. Knows how to party. You know that, that early 2000s <laughs> Angels squad with Sosha and like Jim Edmonds and Erstad and those guys? They when had, they won the World Series. They had a nice run of relevancy. <laughs> yeah. Like a six-year run. Yeah. California Angels. But I get show... What, Marv? Sorry. Even when they won the World Series, all I can think about is Barry Bonds hitting the furthest oh ball God. ever. I don't even remember the Angels won the World Series that year. Troy Percival. Gave up a bomb that went all the way up. Guys were out there getting beers. And, and there was a ball that came bouncing out into the area where you, you know, by concession area. As first year, I think Paulie was with us on the show. Do you remember the backstory of Barry Bonds' home run ball in the World Series? Do you have, give me, we, permit me a minute. We went, it was our first time Fritzy and I went on the road with you for the Dan Patrick show. And yeah. we did the show at, it was a Pac Bell at the time. Yeah. It's called Pac Bell. Yeah. And we did the show in the press box Mm -hmm. every day for the Angels-Giants World Series. Barry Bonds, I think in the first game of the NL ballpark part, he parks one. It goes into the thing. The next morning, we go to do the show, me, you, and Rob Dibble and Sean Salisbury. There's a guy standing outside of the ballpark, and he's holding up Barry Bonds' home run ball. He shows it to you. He wanted to meet you. Oh, that's right. He goes, guys, I'm the dude who caught Barry Bonds' home run ball. We're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. He goes, you could see me on TV. I'm getting a a beer, and it rolls right in front of me. He goes, I would like to give it to Barry Bonds and trade it for an autographed ball. We're like, oh, okay. I don't know if we can make that happen. We put him in touch with the PR director (laughs) of the San Francisco Giants. I witnessed this with my own eyes. Uh, He went down to Barry Bonds and... He said, there's a fan here. He just wants to trade a autograph, uh, your home run ball 
which Barry Bonds had never hit one before in a World Series. Hmm. For an autograph ball, Barry looked up and shook his head and said, nope. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't go well. Yeah. Yeah. Back to you. Yeah. Barry, not very sentimental, apparently. <laughs> or fan-friendly. <laughs> well, no, he's not fan-friendly. He's not media-friendly. I always like when somebody doesn't appear to be friendly, but then you meet one of their friends and they're like, man, you got to get to know him. I'm like, how do I get to know him? And why would I get to know him? Like, I got other things to do in my life. I'm not going to sit here and go, you know. Getting to know people and all that nonsense. I don't have time for this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like my wife said to me one day, why don't you go get some friends? Healthy relationships (laughs) in my schedule? (laughs) What? I'm too busy to have healthy relationships. (laughs) You know, my goal, to-do list, um, hmm. Yeah, that, that, that. Get to know Barry Bonds. That, 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 that. <laughs> Makes new man friends. Yeah. yeah. I said to my wife, "Hun, I don't need any friends. I, I don't. I'm good. Like, if you get to my age, if you have three friends, you're good. That's all. I don't need any more. I better start picking some up then. <laughs> you, <laughs> you better pick up three of them, Seaton. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I said, I said to my wife, I said, "Hun, I have an entire audience here. I got friends. Millions of friends. Yes, I have millions of friends. I have a lot of friends I don't even know are friends. What's the poll question today, Seton? Why doesn't Dan have any friends? <laughs> no, I, I do have them. Oh, sorry. If I, wa- I have a couple of good friends. That's all you need. We have, uh, well, we could go with the whole name change thing. If I bought the Los Angeles Angels, I would change the name, keep the name. Is there any, is, is that, are the Angels, have they had the most difficult time with their name of any sports franchise? They go, they, like, I mean, we just ran it down, but they've been going back and forth a lot. Well, the, the Browns lost the Browns to Baltimore. The Colts, so let's see. Baltimore, but they, I mean, they've stayed basically in the same spot yeah. for a long time and just can't figure out what they want their name to be. Yeah. You know what? I would have a better ballpark than something that looks like it's out of the Flintstones where Dang. you got all these rocks out there. And I mean, it, it, I guess it's nice, but yeah, Paul. Teams that have changed their names without changing cities. Washington Bullets, Washington Wizards, Tennessee Oilers, Tennessee Titans. Mm. Why'd they change it to the Titans? Oilers had a decent history. But it was Houston. Yeah. Not a lot of oil rigs in Nashville. Uh, I don't Nashville. know how many oil rigs. Well, not, the Utah Jazz. I mean. Uh, it's a hotbed of jazz, Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, the My, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim are the Anaheim Ducks. The Tampa Bay Devil Rays are the Tampa Bay Rays, so less intimidating. Mm. And Hellfire. Mm. Well, yeah, I guess Lakers is always a classic. Doesn't really make sense. Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah. That New, did. Yeah. New Orleans Hornets became New Orleans Pelicans. That, that went over pretty well. But they were also the Jazz. Right. So the New Orleans Jazz became the Utah Jazz, but then they're the Pelicans. They were the Char- then the Charlotte Hornets. Like right. yeah, we've Washington has had three names in four years. Yeah, Cleveland Indians are now the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. And those are those are teams that change names, same city. Yeah. Toronto is a hotbed of Raptors, so that's mm. well named. Well, you know, with all these droughts, we're finding that these uh, Raptors and uh, whatever these creatures are. Uh, dinosaurs. Mm. Did you did you see where they uh, some riverbed uh, dried out? I saw one like Lake Mead out in northern Arizona. 
Southern Utah. They found like old boats at the bottom. No, they're, they're finding more than that at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, Mead. they're finding yeah. bodies there. <laughs> finding you bodies. You're safe dumping them there. You find a barrel in a Lake Mead, don't open it. Yeah. But this, they're actually footprints of some kind of dinosaur that roamed the earth a hundred million years ago. The footprints are there, but it had been washed away uh, or dried up because of droughts in certain parts of the country. Do you think that last dinosaur was sitting there going, where the hell is it? <laughs> or, is, or is he like, I got the whole place to myself? At some point, don't you think they go, why, why is everybody, where is everybody? They're like, I have no friends. He's like, I got no friends. The last dinosaur went, ha ha, winner. <laughs> yeah. I won. Outlasted everybody. I won. I won. Hard to find a contractor to expand your house. So. How did they die? Ice Age. Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, the old Ice yeah, Age. Yeah, one thing. of those. Yeah. Gets you every yeah, time, huh? Hey, Tim, you see that glacier? <laughs> Don't worry about it, Mike. <laughs> didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Glaciers move slow. <laughs> Tim. So do we. Yeah. Who's faster? Glacier it's not, or it's us? It's not a real glacier anyway, so don't worry about it. It's not real. It's all fake. It's not real. How about we take a break here? I don't know how we got there, but that's the beauty of this show. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll settle on poll question, and Brian Windhorse will join us. Now that Kevin Durant is happy and in his partnership with uh, the Nets, what's that mean for Kyrie Irving? Is he all in as well? Find out next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to to discover and Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Kevin Durant is under contract, staying with the Nets, but the key word that stood out with the press release was partnership. Brian Windhorst, ESPN senior NBA writer, kind enough to join us here. Am I making more out of one word here, Brian, than I should? It said the partnership with the two will move forward. <laughs> well, with this Nets team, I'm not sure. You know, I think they're probably right now going about week to week. Um, but <laughs> I, think, I think making any predictions or assumptions about this Nets team is going to be risky business. Um, but uh, they came through the storm here. Uh, at the start of this offseason, Sean Marks, it was one of the more aggressive press conferences I can remember in recent years. You know, he basically came out and and – you know, without calling out players' names, basically said, we can't go forward like this with this team. We got to reset this, uh, the way our team operates. And I was like, good luck to you, because, you know, from the day that uh, KD and Kyrie Irving walked in, you basically, you know, gave them the the, the, the keys to the franchise and, and sort of let them have control. I don't know how you're getting it back. And the way that they have gotten through it, Dan, is leverage. You know, the, when – when, when those guys came there, they didn't have much leverage. The Nets were, you know, a borderline playoff team with no superstar players. And they were like, whatever it takes. You, wanna, you want us to sign DeAndre Jordan for $40 million? Okay. You want to potentially have a say in the coach? Okay. Um, and that, you know, giving them that kind of uh, rope, it didn't work. And so the team was like, well, we can't go forward with this. So how do you get, you know, now they've got the leverage. So number one, they knew that there wasn't a huge market for Kyrie Irving. Not that other teams didn't want him. It's just that nobody had money this summer. It wasn't a, a summer where there was a lot of cap space. And so they had to, you know, Kyrie at one point said, hey, listen, I might opt out. Uh, or I might go to the Lakers and take a $30 million pay cut. It seemed crazy, but, you know, they had to, they had to, to go to bed at night thinking about that. Um, they had Kyrie saying, hey, I, I want to work out a sign and trade. Give me permission to go talk to other teams. And they go, okay, go do that. They knew that the, the leverage was in their favor there, and they won that one. And then when Durant said, I, I want to be traded, you know, they knew that they had a four-year contract in their favor. And they had to probably swallow some Pepto 
um, more sleepless nights. But when they talked with other teams, Dan, and those teams made offers, they were like, no, we're, we're trading you a, a superstar player on a four-year contract. We're not backing down. And so even when two weeks ago Durant asked for, for Marks and Steve Nash to be fired, obviously on its face, that was extremely disconcerting. Um, but if you could peel back the initial shock layer, there was Durant saying underneath there, there's a path to me coming back and, and rescinding this. It was a pretty extreme path. And they kept their nerve because they had the leverage. And ultimately, the leverage played off. Will it continue to pay off for the next nine months? I guess we'll wait and see. Okay, but I can't imagine that first meeting between Kyrie, KD, and Steve Nash. I mean, is Steve Nash safe? Okay, so I do think it was a remarkable step that Steve Nash, and I mean, this is a, I know Steve a little bit. This is a proud man. Um, This is a, a relentless competitor. We all saw him in his career. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, through the back part, a couple of years of his career, couldn't play without laying down on the court to deal with his back injuries. And he just played through it. I mean, this is not a guy who gets pushed around, but he flew to LA this week or whatever it was, I guess, uh, you know, two days ago. And he sat in the room with KD and I'll say to you, I'll say this, Dan, I've covered the NBA for 20 years. You've seen more NBA seasons than I have. I have seen situations where a coach, gets threatened by a star player, gets the backing of management and becomes emboldened where they're like, okay, now I, now, you know that you can't get to me and it actually works. I'll give you an example right off the bat. LeBron James first year in Miami, they start nine and eight. He, you know, they could debate how much he and the rest of those guys wanted Eric Spolstra to step aside and Pat Riley to come in. Riley, put him right back in their place, back Spolstra. And I remember being there the day after it, you know, the stories came out that LeBron wanted Spolstra fired. I thought we might see like a tentative Eric Spolstra. He was absolutely as strong as he's ever been. Obviously there's been times where the star doesn't like the coach and it doesn't work, but I actually think they may have given the franchise reset a chance to work here because they use their leverage against these two guys. And whatever was said in that room between Durant and Nash, in theory, carries over to the start of training camp. I I can't believe I'm saying these words, and I'm certainly not running down to place a bet on the Nets championship. I'm cautiously optimistic about the Nets now because I like their roster, and I think this might have cleared out some scar tissue. And – I think they got a chance now. What's this mean for Kyrie in Brooklyn? He has an incredible incentive to have a low-stress, great season. He has seen that his windows to leave Brooklyn are not that open. Now, there's a lot more cap space next summer than there is this summer. He'll have more options. Um, uh, But uh, he has never been sort of under this kind of scrutiny before he has got one year on his contract and he needs to prove that it's going to work. And so I don't know if Kyrie has it in him to be consistently focused on basketball and to deliver the way the Nets need him to do it. He may not have it. He, he may be at a point where he, you know, you know, we obviously know that on individual nights he can be spectacular, 
But if it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen in this situation. I think the Nets have put themselves in the best chance to succeed with this Kyrie that, that they could. And it doesn't mean that it will, but I think there's a level of buy-in. Now, buy-in in the summer and buy-in in January, two different things, but I, I do think there's a level of buy-in. And the one thing I also will say, throughout this entire process, we've never seen any indications of Durant and Kyrie splintering. In fact, if anything, I think Durant has been too loyal to Kyrie. So ultimately, whatever Steve Nash is doing takes back seat to the way those two operate together. And I will say that Ben Simmons is one of the great mysteries in the entire NBA. You can tell me that Ben Simmons is going to give them nothing this year, and I would say that's possible. You could also tell me that they're going to deploy a lineup with Ben Simmons playing center, Joe Harris and Seth Curry playing shooting positions with, with, uh, with uh, Kyrie and Durant, and you could see an incredibly talk. You know, you talk about the death lineup that the Warriors used to run. That's the death lineup on steroids. That would be incredible. I'm not saying they're going to play at 30 minutes a game. That would be incredible. I don't know whether Ben Simmons can manage it, but you know, there's all of a sudden a whole bunch of different things this team can do that has me thinking about them in basketball terms instead of what's going to happen with their star players. Talking to Brian Windhorst, ESPN senior NBA writer. If I said Ben Simmons will be an all-star over the next four years or be out of basketball after four years, what would you bet on? I'd bet on him being an all-star because I think there is a path for him to be successful in the NBA. And uh, he doesn't have to be a superstar on this team. He doesn't have to make shots. Seriously, Dan, he could go through the entire season and not shoot a ball outside the paint, and it would be okay. If he defends, which is what the Nets need, if he's able to be a, a significant defender, and, like, if they build – I mean, I am not an X and O strategist, but I can tell you that if you build an offense where you would have a six foot ten Ben Simmons operating the offense out of the post with those four type of playmakers, I can see it working. I can see there being a role here where he can be a star in that role. Um, again, I, I'm not wagering on him making the all-star team this year, but I can see it. And also – and I was saying this for the last couple of months, and it felt weird when I said it, but I'll say it again. The Nets kind of had a good offseason. They, 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 they traded for Royce O'Neal, who's exactly the type of player that they need, and they got him, in my mind, for cheap. They got him for a, a protected future first-round pick. They signed T.J. Warren, who hasn't played in two years, but it's a very low-risk, high-reward type signing. They re-signed Patty Mills. And Joe Harris and Seth Curry both had off-season surgeries. And again, in theory, you know, you got, you got, you got some guys coming off surgery here, but in theory, all those guys will be healthier. There's a lot there that I think could be fertile for Ben Simmons to work with. Yeah, maybe Ben can be a Draymond Green type of point forward for this team, although Draymond can still you know, occasionally knock down a three-pointer. Uh, the the Lakers offseason, LeBron signs the extension. Looks like they're not getting Kyrie. Are they ready to go into battle with this roster that they have right now? They shouldn't be. Um, you know, I would I would guess that at some point they're going to make a significant trade. It may not be before the start of the season. It may be later on, and it's probably going to involve Westbrook. 
the real question is what what is the demeanor of of Russ going to be because the exit interview that he gave at the end of last season was extremely troubling it made me wonder how they ever thought it would work unless he completely did an about face in what he said it sounded to me like he was never invested in this success and so darvin ham heard that exit interview before he took the job and almost almost his first order of business when he got the job after signing his contract was publicly laying out exactly what he needed russell westbrook to do now i have seen things happen in the nba i am not going to sit here and tell you that what he wants russell westbrook to do which is to be a defensive role player and to be a screen setter and stand in the corner and wait for the ball to come to him and, and make a shot uh <laughs> you know one out of every seven possessions <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say that it is zero chance of that because I've seen stuff in the NBA, but the, the tenor of the way Russ was talking throughout last season, what I know about him as a person, and as a player, I find it very doubtful. He is a, he is going to actually be able to follow through with that. So the question is how long are they going to experiment with that? Dan, are they going to experiment with that? The first 10 days of training camp, are they going to do it in their, you know, four or five preseason games? Are they going to spend October and November experimenting with that? And if it doesn't work, how much damage is there? Because when you look at the Western Conference, let's just be reasonable. The Lakers finished 11th last year. I know they had injuries, but teams have injuries. You know, you're going to assume that a 37 and 38-year-old player is going to miss games in LeBron, and you're going to assume Anthony Davis is going to miss games. If you don't assume that, you haven't watched his career. So they finished 11th last year. Which teams are they passing? that finished ahead of them. Okay, Utah's coming backwards. I'll give them that. San Antonio, who finished one spot ahead of them in 10th, is coming backwards. Okay, I'll give them that they can pass those two teams. By the way, Portland's standing right next to them. They're getting Damian Lillard back. They've upgraded their team. Sacramento Kings, I can't believe I'm talking about this, but they've got a shot to make the play-in <laughs> tournament. Okay, they've improved their roster. Yep. Who are the Lakers passing with this current team? They're not passing very many teams. And that's why when you look at their roster and you say they're a playing team at best, you know, that, that offends some Lakers fans, but that's just a fair way to look at it. I think from the trade standpoint, which is everybody wants to know, well, what trade are they going to make? I think based on me talking to some teams out there, I think they are going to be willing to trade those two first round picks, but they're not going to be willing to trade those two first round picks just to get off of Russell Westbrook or to potentially improve themselves from, projected ninth to projected seventh. They're going to use that to try to leap up, which is why they were instantaneously interested in Kyrie Irving. And whether or not a trade like that presents itself is going to depend on whether how far they're going to be willing to go into those assets. I'll leave you with this. Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, obviously it's not a secret, but it's been quiet. Uh, it feels like uh, – Cleveland's maybe involved in this or another team's involved in this. I don't know if that's meant as, you know, kind of getting the Knicks to step back up here with Danny Ainge, but is Donovan Mitchell on another roster opening night? I I would be very surprised if he is uh, with the Jazz after the trade deadline. Uh, opening night, we'll see. Um, there's a, When you talk to executives in the league, including some teams that have talked to the Jazz, they will say nobody can probably beat what the Knicks can offer. 
and that this entire thing is a dance to okay. get the Knicks to a price that the Jazz want. Um, the Knicks, I think, are in a position where they know that, and they're not going to try to bid against themselves. And the X factor that we don't understand here, and by the way, like I do think there's other teams who have made offers, and I do think that there are other offers that the Jazz would consider, but I don't think there's a better offer out there that they're going to take in lieu of what they can get from the Knicks. And they're certainly not going to do that six months before the trade deadline. That just doesn't, that's just bad business. But one thing we don't know, the Jazz are going to tank this year. It seems like that's what they want to do. If they start the season with Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Pat Beverly on the roster, I mean, that's not a playoff team, but they are not going to go 2-15. and 15. They're going to win some games. And I don't expect Donovan Mitchell to play 15 minutes and take eight shots. I expect him to go for the scoring title. Why wouldn't he? You know, why wouldn't he see what Russell Westbrook did when he won MVP after Durant left and go, I'm, I'm going for it. So the question is, how worried are the Jazz about maybe a missed opportunity by not going into full tank, leaning into a full tank situation? And would that cause any sense of urgency for them to want to do that before the start of opening day? The Knicks seem, the way they're hand, the Knicks are handling this, they're not going to come in and just blow everybody away with offers. They seem like they want a hard line. So I guess we'll see. There is definitely a game being played out there with information right now. And I, I kind of see, I don't have all the information, but I kind of see where things are being dropped and leaked and saying, you know, boy, we really love this other offer. We really love it. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, you know, since I have no skin in the game, it's easy for me to smile as I watch it. But it's going to be a massive transaction. Whether the Knicks do the deal or not, it potentially could define their next couple seasons. Always great to talk to you, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dan. Have a good day. That's Brian Windhorst, ESPN senior NBA writer. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or Rent Frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like... A lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Nick Saban, his place in history is secure. One of the great football coaches of all time. And uh, he just signed an extension. Now, he signed one, I think, last year. But what's happening now is you're looking around the college football landscape. Kirby Smart, 10-year deal, $112 million. LSU's Brian Kelly, he makes $9 million. Lincoln Riley signed a $100 million deal at USC. So these are really good coaches. You could combine their resumes, and they're nowhere near Nick Saban. Well, Saban yesterday uh, was compensated. He has a new deal that will pay him close to $12 million a year, keep him in Tuscaloosa until 2029. I don't know if he'll coach till 2029, but he is getting paid. And also, I think he might have a clause in his contract that says he has to be one of the top five coaches paid in college football. I remember Lee Steinberg, the agent, did this for Warren Moon. And I think Warren Moon always had to be maybe top three or top five contracts. He had to be top five paid quarterback. Yeah, Paulie. So Saban's is pretty unique. If he is not in the top three paid coaches in college football, he can automatically renegotiate his contract. It's almost like the contract becomes open-ended and, a, and he gets to renegotiate. So it's, it's like a trigger yeah. and it works out for him. Um, I've got some numbers on the impact of Nick Saban off the field for Alabama as a, as a school. Remember when Doug Flutie was a star at Boston College? Yep. I, we're, none of us are from the East Coast, really, but BC was not a well-known school nationwide before Doug Flutie put him on a map. Good school, not a famous school. When Nick Saban joined the, um, Alabama in 07, 
their enrollment, their total university enrollment always hovered around the past 10 years between 18 to 22,000. It never really went up or down. It's, it ticked up maybe 500,000 kids a year. Mm-hmm. So it was 23,000 when he started. It's 39,000 this year. 39,000 undergraduate students at Alabama. And I, I think Nick Saban is a big part of it. There's people from all over the country who now send their kids to Alabama because they're such a known school due to football. They were always known due to football, but they're the face of it. Yeah, but how many parents send their kids to a school just because they're a football school? I don't think it's a coincidence, though, that since Saban's been there, the enrollment has gone way up, and out-of-state enrollment more than anything. It's like... I don't know how you gauge that impact, but I agree. Saban, Saban might be the best bargain in sports right now. I'll tell you, I, I applied to Alabama when I was in high school because I wanted to go to a school where they had good football and a fun college experience and a communication school in that order, basically. I think there's a lot of people like that. They say, like, look at Alabama. It looks like it's going so well there. Everything looks great. They're winning. They're, they're, well, I don't know. Did that happen at Miami, the U, when they were winning football games? Uh, Notre Dame is not easy to get into. I mean, I'm looking at schools that you could say, boy, that looks like a fun atmosphere. I want to go there. USC can't get in there. And when they were winning, look like a fun atmosphere. Well, it's still a fun atmosphere. Yeah, more. Do you think Clemson is on that list? Yeah, I was wondering about that. That they were winning, the atmosphere there. You see the, the student body there. Uh, Saturday night, big game. I don't know. I don't know what role sports plays. You know, Duke, you're not getting into Duke, but you see the Cameron Crazies. Syracuse. I think Syracuse basketball probably plays a significant role in students wanting to go to Syracuse. I mean, it's a great school, and you have 30,000 at a basketball game. Whenever a recruit goes to Syracuse, they usually talk about, I didn't know it got this cold, and that's a lot of people to watch a basketball game. (laughs) And it might be in that order where you go, God, it's cold. Because you want to have a recruit go in the fall, you know, maybe September before it starts to get cold. But then you go into that building and you see all of those people for a regular season game and you go, oh, my God. Yeah, Paul. Clemson's in a similar boat. If you look at the last six years for Clemson undergraduate enrollment, it's had a big spike. Uh, past six years, look at their relevancy at college football. Yeah, yeah. Boston College had the same numbers. They were a small 3,000, 4,000 person school. It's never really happened. I looked at Notre Dame. They've never increased their numbers based off football because they just don't increase their numbers. Well, BC's a hard school to get into as well. So I think if you fact, you got to factor in some of these schools are difficult to get into. Alabama, you can get into. Clemson, you could get into. Notre Dame, you're not going to get into. Duke, you're not going to get into. USC is difficult as well. Yes, Eden. Wondering what Auburn's enrollment is over that same time frame. Well, I wonder what Auburn was like when Cam was there. Mm. And, and was there a jump? You know, it's about the atmosphere. Because, you know, when Johnny Manziel was in college, I don't know what the atmosphere was. But it, it felt like, oh, Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M. I don't know if he helped enrollment. He did help endowment because they built the uh, addition to that stadium. Yeah, Paul. When he left A&M, enrollment didn't go down one because he told us he <laughs> never attended class. So this stayed exactly the same. But is there a better bargain than Saban in sports? 
let's say I'm paying him you know, $12 million. Tony Romo makes $18 million a year. Who, who is more impactful? Tony Romo with CBS or Nick Saban? It's not even close. Well, who does, you know, does football make more money for, CBS or Alabama? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And yeah, that wasn't like a snarky shot. I was just saying, like, you know, I bet CBS makes a lot of money off football. They do, but would they continue to make a lot of money off football if Tony Romo was not there? And the answer is yes. Would Would Alabama continue to make a ton of money off football if Nick Saban's not there? Maybe not. And I don't mean that in a snarky way. <laughs> I think Saban, I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody who's a bigger bargain. Yeah, Paul. When, when Doug Foody won the Heisman at uh, Boston College, everybody wanted to go to BC. My sister, who had great grades, apply, applied everywhere. She got in everywhere. She applied to BC. She was so confident that she bought a BC jacket before she got accepted, Ouch. and she did not get in. Yes, Todd? Barkley would be in the conversation for uh, whatever, you know, whatever Turner is paying him. You could pay him a lot more and still uh, yeah. would probably be underpaying him still. Yeah, but I'm a coach. Bigger bargain. Best bargain. I guess you could say Belichick because he was winning Super Bowls. The value of that franchise because of those Super Bowls. I mean, they they make money off of Belichick's success because the value of that franchise now has grown exponentially. But Alabama is you can you can pinpoint the value of Nick Saban, the money that you're making at Alabama. Yeah, see. But couldn't you also look at just the value of all NFL franchises has gone through the roof? The Cowboys are worth a gajillion dollars, and they haven't won anything in a long time. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what... That was a shot. <laughs> that was snarky. That was, that that, was meant to okay, be a shot that was, at, okay, at Dallas. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and factually true. All right. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, so Nick Saban got paid. I just don't want to hear these coaches who get $10 million a year go, oh, these kids get name, image, and likeness. Shut up. You know? There's enough. There's enough for everybody here. Yeah, Mark. I just read an article from the Washington Post. It said the phenomenon is known as the Flutie effect, where applicants go up in schools like Kentucky, Connecticut, and Alabama after their sports team started to mm. gain some success. The applicant, uh, number of applicants went up. The Flutie effect. All right. Uh, Dale in Kentucky joins us. Hey, Dale, how are you? Hey, Dan, I'm good. I've got a question for Polly. Uh, like myself, he's a graduate of a directional university, Southern Illinois, I believe, and I graduated from Western Kentucky. And I was curious, no insult to Southern Illinois, but the requirements to get into WKU in 1985 was – uh, a pulse and a check had to clear. If the check cleared, the pulse was optional. So how does that compare to what Southern Illinois? All right. So Dale said it was easy to get into Western Kentucky. How about Southern Illinois? I think it's fair to say it was not hard because I got in there. That yeah. would prove the case. Yeah. I, I was going to go to Alabama, change my mind. It's a fine school, Southern Illinois. I had a great time there. So much so I stayed five and a half years. <laughs> That's what I, I wanted more education. Even when I graduated, I didn't move off. Cam- I didn't leave uh, off campus. My the uh, apartment, the house I lived in. I I was working at a radio station in in town, and I still lived there with other uh, students. Yes, <laughs> I was. It was kind of sad. 
You know, I was like, uh, did you go to different bars? Oh, because remember, no. in college towns, there's like undergraduate bars and there's like uh, town bars. We only had two bars. Oh, two bars that we went to. One was about, I don't know, a nine iron away. The other one was a little bit further than that. So we would, uh, I had all my food groups. There was a, a, a an Italian, there was a sub shop uh, pizzeria, pizzeria, and there was a, uh, a bar right next to it. So basically I had everything I needed right there in about uh, 200 feet. It's just something so great about a pizza and a pitcher of beer. Yeah. Like, man, this is a good night. Yeah. Or afternoon or morning. Yeah. Or late night. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you're choosing. But you'd order the pizza and then take it over into the bar to sit there. Oh, they'd let you bring it in? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now I just went back. The pizzeria, Milano's, has a... Now it has a bar restaurant. So, yeah, it's different. Wow. Yeah. So they're like, hey, one-stop shop. Come on in. Have some beers. Have some pizza. Good to go. Uh, let's see. I'm going to play these uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. sound bites. I don't know if he was told to talk or he chose to talk, but it feels like everybody's been speaking for him and... He got uh, suspended 80 games for PED use. And uh, the Padre shortstop says he takes full responsibility. I've seen how my dream has turned into my worst nightmares. But there's no other, other one to blame than myself. I haven't made the right decisions on this past few weeks, month, even starting at the beginning of the year. I have made a mistake and I regret every single step that I have taken in these days. Apparently, he was taking a steroid, an anabolic steroid, for ringworm, and he addressed that. Let me clarify on the ringworm story. I've been dealing with skin infection on the last of the course of the years. Um, during that period of time that I got tested, uh, I got this medication that it was not from my medical staff back over here in the, in the Padres. And then soon later, uh, I tested positive, and then it was more like it. But at the end of the day, there's no excuses. I need to do a way better job on what is knowing what's going inside my body. Wait, didn't he just give me an excuse? <laughs> okay, if you're going to take, okay. If, you, if you're looking at this going, okay, I'm going to take this at face value, and maybe he had a skin condition, then run it by the Padres that, hey, I'm just so you know, I have this and I'm taking this. You know, you get paid a lot of money here. And I don't think the medical staff of the Padres is going, oh, Tatis is on the phone again. He wants us to check the ingredients. You are the face of the franchise. You've already had a moment where you break your wrist or arm falling off a motorcycle. Stop making excuses. Have people around you stop making excuses. You took a steroid. You tested positive. You're down for 80 games. That's it. I've never heard. It's really rare when somebody goes, yeah, yeah, I'm just taking anabolic steroids. I wanted to get healthy. I want to play better baseball. I mean, you could get the Andy Pettit cheap way out. Hey, I'm just trying to get healthy to come back and help my team. As if anybody who's hurt, who then doesn't take steroids, then doesn't care to come back and help his team. 
But people bought into it. And like, yeah, all right, I like that. Pet it, man. Cheating, trying to come back, help the team. Who, t- who actually takes ownership here? It's rare. Everybody has an you know, excuse here. Now, if he got in front of the media and he spoke and nobody told him to, great. Take ownership of this. But maybe there was a little nudging like, hey, how about we just do it one time and then we move on with this? Yeah, Seaton. Uh, can you explain what happened there? No excuses. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there a way to appropriately say no excuses without having to follow it up with something? I mean, you kind of have to give a reason, right? Um, well, if you buy the reason. Yeah, you, kinda, you have to have an excuse or a reason as to why you did that. Yeah, but I'm, I, I guess I'm not hearing it because it feels like it went from fungus. He had a fungus, then it's ringworm. Then his dad says millions of people are going to stop watching baseball because his son is not playing. And, you know, hey, I took something I shouldn't have taken. I know you don't want to admit you're a cheater, but did it help you? Did it help your baseball performance? I'd be curious about that. Yeah, Paul. Do you think it is a bigger picture topic, but a, a, a player in baseball who, who's a superstar, he's yeah. on his way to being a superstar. Yeah. If he gets popped for PEDs early in his career, will that be forgotten enough that it'll be no problem to get in the Hall of Fame? I guess I don't know who I'd compare it to, but remember Julius Peppers got busted early in his career. He's a football player for ephedrine, and it was like a stimulant, but then... But nobody really differentiates between, they always just say PDs. Or if, if Fernando Tatis has no more violations and is just an all-star for the next 10 years. He probably would get into the Hall of Fame. So timing is important. Well, Rodney Harrison, who is a Hall of Fame player, caliber player, it might, he might not get into the Hall of Fame because of PEDs that he tested positive. Um, Antonio Gates, he's going to get in the Hall of Fame, I think. Peppers, Hall of Famer. Uh, Big Poppy got into the Hall of Fame. There, those under the cloud of suspicion, Mike Piazza got in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Bagwell, Pudge Rodriguez. A-Rod, you got popped twice, I can't. Like, you, you, but he might. I mean, uh, he, he might have that goodwill campaign that he was on, that, hey, I'm a great guy, put me in the Hall of Fame. But I would hope the voters would look at this and go, eh, sometimes you just have to say, like Rafael Palmero, not getting in. Yeah, Paul. It's almost like McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, and Clemens did too well when they used steroids. If you, if you believe they use PEDs, which most people do, it's almost like they did too well at it. But then there's other players that are a tick below them who have rumors around them that got into the Hall of Fame. It's like Lance Armstrong. If he wins one Tour de France, just one, he, he's still a household name that he beat testicular cancer, and he won the Tour de France, and then if he started Livestrong, he's set. But he was too good for too long of a period of time. Same with Bonds. Hey, uh, don't hit 70 home runs. But he did. McGuire. Like, you got... You know, to the point, it's like when you get, you know, um, cosmetic surgery. They don't overdo it. Ooh, you overdid it. 
Yes, John. Or on a smaller scale, you're cheating on your friend's paper who's much more prepared for the midterm of the final, and your average is you're like a 70, 75 student. You can't be handing it, getting a 96 all of a sudden. You expect and, not to have attention called to you. And that's why I would get around an 83, 84. Yeah. Betcha move. Totally threw them off. They're like, all right, you did a little better than I thought, but uh, all right, maybe you studied. I applied myself. Yes, Paul. You can't go from a 72 to a 98 on the you exam. Can't. That's red flag. You time. shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> That's why it's like, God, the answers are right there off Greg Sliger's paper. I can just write it. Nope. I'm going to throw them off. And then I would start writing down multiple choice, and I'd go, I don't know. And then I got a few right. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm totally going to blow this thing. You know, hand out papers, 88. What am I thinking? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What makes a Mercedes-Benz EV different? Electric is what gets you there, but Mercedes is what moves you. Like no other automaker can. The vehicle, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice is all yours. Learn more at mbusa.com slash eq. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.